You're listening to the Jets Nation Podcast. I'm Cody Bueller, joined by my brother Kyle. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about the Global Series, Winnipeg Jets playing this week in Finland, and we're going to talk about some interesting line combinations, Patrick Line moving all over the lineup. All of that and more on today's show. Okay, so where do you want to start with Kyle? Jets in Finland? Yeah, well, that's the topic of conversation these days. The NHL Global Series making its mark with the Winnipeg Jets cruising to Finland. All the media attention in Finland, if you've been watching the the news, watching SportsCenter, Line A being bombarded with questions in not just one language, not just one language, but Finnish as well as English. It's just a crazy time if you're in Finland right now. Now, I don't know if this is a good thing for him or a bad thing, because one, there's obviously going to be a lot more distraction. Uh, he was obviously going out for wings with Alexander Barkov. Did you see that photo? Yeah. The look he was giving to Barkov, it just kind of reminded me of one of those memes where somebody posts, if only somebody could look at me the way Patrick Laine looks at chicken wings or Alexander Barkov, just to look kind of like that romantic gaze, if you will. Did you notice? Oh, I saw the picture. Oh, you didn't notice that? I know what you're referring to. I didn't actually look at Lion A's expression. Okay, just whatever. And this is just kind of nitpicking, just kind of something I picked up. Uh, I didn't see what kind of sauces they were using, but for me, if I'm using wings, you got to go just standard barbecue sauce. They looked like they had all sorts of dipping. I'm not sure if they're unique to Finland or not. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I know there's some unique culture things going on in Finland. Uh, Sometimes the language barrier a little bit funny as well, kind of going on those funny moments. I don't know if you saw the interview with Paul Maurice, uh, a reporter asking him if Line was going to show Barkov who's the daddy was the expression (laughs) he used. And and Paul Maurice just kind of looks... And just has this response like, like, what are you talking about? I'm not sure if something got lost in translation or, or something, something, something got to lost do with in Finnish culture. But just not something you'd hear in North America. So I, I like the vibes coming. Although, do you remember the Who's Your Daddy? Like way back, that everybody would say that all long, the time. Long, long time ago. Yeah, a while yeah. ago. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, it's an interesting, it's a unique thing going to Finland. I think it's fun. It's great for the league uh, doing these sorts of things, especially with a guy like Line. Uh, rumors have it that he's almost as on high of a pedestal as Solani was back in the day. That's what some guys are saying. Is that how, that's how much Finland loves Line? Uh, so it's great to see him back there. Plus they're both Jets. Just a fun time all around. Uh, I'm sure the Jets are one of the Finland's favorite teams due to those factors as well. Uh, so it's just a fun time all around and it's cool to see. I'm actually uh, wearing a Jets jersey today as we speak, uh, and we'll get into this more later on in the podcast. And I think there's going to be a lot of Jets jerseys in the crowd because of that reason. And But Barkov, though, for the Florida Panthers, obviously finish as well, and so he'll be getting a lot of attention, uh, kind of like we talked about with their the wings that they were pounding back. But I think for the Winnipeg Jets, uh, playing uh, Florida is probably the best case scenario as far as revenue goes. For the Winnipeg Jets, playing uh, Florida, they, it's a long travel distance to Florida uh, to play the Panthers. You don't see them very often because they're in the East. You really, I think there's only two meetings with Florida all season, and these are them. And so for the Jets, they're not going to get a ton of extra home revenue playing Florida. It's not like playing... Edmonton with Connor McDavid coming in, or it's not like playing an original six matchup where the fans and the place is just packed at Bell MTS Place and it's just an amazing night. Florida's one of those ones where no fans in Winnipeg are really like, ah, oh, so sad the Florida Panthers didn't come this year. But it's perfect for Finland because Barkov's there and people in Finland will fill the arena because Line A and Barkov 
are on these two teams. I think it's a perfect scenario. It's the perfect opponent for the Jets in Finland. Yeah, I totally agree. The only thing uh, I do feel bad for, uh, James Reimer, actually, Morwina's own James Reimer, won't be able to come to Winnipeg this year. Uh, he's always uh, one of my fan favorites. He's a, a cousin to one of my really good friends uh, I went to college with, uh, so I know his family a little bit, James Reimer. Uh, it's always cool to see him coming back to Manitoba. I know he has a lot of connections here. He won't get that chance, but like you said, it's a really a dream matchup for the NHL in Finland. Uh, Line obviously one of the premier goal scorers. Uh, he, he's just a, a fun personality, and you love his interviews, uh, just his candidness uh, being such a young guy. It, it's so much fun to watch. Uh, maybe the downside of this, though, is that the Winnipeg Jets should have more Finnish guys in their lineup, and I'm meaning Christian Vasilainen didn't make the trip. Sami Niku obviously was a bit of a long shot to make the trip, but he's not going. And if you remember, uh, Joel Armia as well, a Finnish player, played for the Jets all last year. A valuable piece to Winnipeg. He's gone as well. So you, you could have yeah. had way more Finnish guys. And that was now, probably something that helped convince the NHL that the Jets should be there. When they made that decision. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now there's just Line, and not to say not just. that's a bad thing like that, not no. just Line, but you take away some of these other guys uh, that could have had a chance to to see their hometown, and I'm thinking especially of a guy like Niku and Veselainen, uh, who could have made the trip. See, I'm kind of a little bit puzzled, just like you, with those decisions to not bring Niku, to not bring Veselainen, because like you said, the Winnipeg Jets called up uh, Eric Comrie as a goaltender, even though he's not technically with the Winnipeg Jets, he is with them in Finland. So if something was to go wrong in game number one with injury, Comrie would be in the country to be able to be in the lineup for the next night as the backup, but obviously not wanting, just just to be safe. Now, I, why wouldn't the Winnipeg Jets do this with Niku and Veselainen? Well, I understand the Comrie thing for for a third goalie. Yes. The thing I don't understand is they, they had an open roster spot from sending Veselainen down with that long homestand and whatever. And they choose to call up Tucker Pullman. So they had an, o- an open spot to bring another guy to Finland, and they chose to fill that spot with Tucker Pullman rather than Veselainen, rather than Sammy Niku, and now it's Tucker Pullman making the trip rather than some of those Finnish guys. And, and that's the part that I don't understand. I understand the goalie thing because you maybe want a third goalie. It's a unique position in that regard. But for Veselainen, who played multiple games at the start of the year, you got to think he could have jump back in and visited Finland. For Sammy Niku, uh, a great start with the Moose. I don't If you've been on Twitter in the last 24 hours, uh, you would have saw Niku's highlight reel goal from I yesterday. I saw that. That was unreal. Making a beautiful cutback in, in the offensive zone and, and sniping one. He, he can definitely play in the NHL. A lot, of people, a lot of fans are calling for him. Maybe this was his shot going back to his home country, but the Jets don't think so, and they leave him with the Moose. And I guess the thing here is because... We as fans, we look at the sentimental value. And and sometimes teams go with the sentimental value. We've seen guys uh, in other sports and other leagues get starts where maybe it doesn't really make the most sense from a starting lineup perspective, but it's either the guy's hometown or it's his last whatever, or he has a chance to break a record, keep the streak going. or You see those different things in sports, and teams uh, throw a player a bone, let them uh, do something like that. And so if the Jets put Veselainen even into the lineup ahead of Lemieux or something, I think Lemieux would understand. Lemieux would understand, hey, this is this guy getting to play an NHL game in front of his hometown fans. Like, yeah, you, you'd understand. Yeah, you might be upset, but even just putting him into one of the two games. And same with Niku, getting him into the lineup, especially opposed to uh, Pullman. 
I don't, but I think for the Winnipeg Jets, obviously they're looking at it from a what's best for the team's perspective and trying to win the game. And obviously they feel that Veselainen and Niku at right now don't give them the best chance to win. So that's why they went this direction. It has to be that because otherwise it doesn't make sense because it's not with the sentimentality that they're going with. It's got to be from the hockey perspective. Yeah, definitely. And I think you might point to Tucker Pullman's season last year playing uh, a bunch of games with Winnipeg uh, when guys got hurt. So maybe that's it, that Tucker Pullman is maybe a more readily available uh, player rather than Sammy Niku. Uh, Niku virtually no NHL experience. Um, uh, granted, he did score in his only game last season against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, b- but still, Niku's seen as more of a more of a prospect. Pullman's already an overage rookie, you could say. Um, he was last year anyways, uh, so he's maybe more available to play um, to really kind of step in on that sort of role. But it's all about what the Winnipeg Jets want, right? They want those dependable, hard-hitting guys. They like that breed of defenseman. You see that with Sherratt. Uh, you see that with Morrow. Just kind of a, a no-nonsense. Y- you go out there and you play. And none of this flashiness uh, that Niku shows, that smooth skating, stick handling, that sort of thing. Um so that's maybe, I think, just a preference for the Winnipeg Jets more than anything right now. Well, let's just keep talking about this a little bit more. We're going to go into segment number two and look at the defense a little bit closer. So you talked a little bit about the grittiness of the grittiness, uh, if you will, about the... Wait, gritty? Yeah, the Philadelphia Flyer mascot. He is uh, something else. Did you see that Jay and Dan thing, which mascot could beat up gritty? Uh, I don't think anybody could. Uh, somebody posted... Some kind of rock monster. I think it was like college or something. The guy was like literally made out of rock. So I think they're saying maybe this mascot. Maybe. I don't think Mickey Moose is going to take Gritty no, in a fight. No, probably not. But uh, kind of getting away uh, from what we were talking about. Defense for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, which do you think it is? Is it the defense not playing that great for the Winnipeg Jets this year? Or is it the goaltending not playing up to what we saw last year? Uh, so a few more goals going in this season for the Jets than maybe they would like to see. The offense hasn't been quite there just yet for the Jets either. Uh, what's it kind of been for you so far through these first dozen games? Well, I uh, I did a review of the Winnipeg Jets in October. If you haven't checked it out yet, go to JetsNation.ca. The last few days I did one on the offense, one on the defense, one on the goaltending. And I kind of wanted to see what is going on with the Winnipeg Jets through the first few games of the season. Is it the offense? Is it just shooting poorly? Is it not getting chances? Is it the defense? Is it getting out of your own zone? What is it about the Jets team that makes them not playing so great? And specifically in regards to defense here, uh, the Winnipeg Jets have given up a, a lot of dangerous opportunities. If you look at their their shot charts and heat maps and that sort of thing, uh, they, give up, they give up a lot of shots from right in close. It, it really leaves the goaltenders with not much chance so far. If you look at their um, shot maps from last year, it was a, a wide sea of blue, blue meaning they give up less shots than normal um, compared to league average. And, and that's why um, Connor Hellebuck looked so good last year because he wasn't getting that many dangerous shots. A little bit different this year, so I think it's more on the defense than it would be on the goaltenders, at least to start the year. And so now, taking a look at the defensive pairings for the Winnipeg Jets, Josh Morrissey with Jacob Truba, kind of the top pair. Ben Chirot with Dustin Bufflin. Joe Morrow with Tyler Myers. We've seen Kulikov come in for a couple of games. And now Pullman getting called up to go with them to Finland. Niku still in the minors. A lot of people calling for Niku to come into the lineup, like we talked about earlier. But some people saying it's because of his defensive liabilities that it's not the, it's why he's not getting called up. It's not his offense. We all know that's there. It's just in his own end. Uh, your thoughts kind of on these defensive pairings uh, anybody who stood out or maybe hasn't stood out well we know the top pairing is good and, and that's really no question 
uh, if we're looking at who maybe shouldn't be in the lineup, uh, you got to start in that second pairing with Ben Sherratt. And he's been kind of up and down, in and out of the lineup. Kind of that seventh guy always for the Winnipeg Jets. He's now moved into that second pairing. Probably shouldn't quite be there. But what we said from the beginning, so right now the Jets have four left-handed D-men on the roster. Morrissey, Sherratt, Morrow, and Kulikov as well as um, Sammy Niku down in the Moose. So you have four guys ahead of Niku. The problem I have here, uh, so if you send down a guy like Kulikov, he's not going to get claimed on waivers. He's got a 4.3 million cap hit. He'll go straight to the Moose, but you're still paying that cap hit. And that's the issue with sending a guy down like Dmitry Kulikov, despite his horrendous results so far this year. He's been buried when he's been on the ice. Uh, if you send a guy like Joe Morrow down, there's a reasonable chance he gets claimed. Same with a guy like Ben Sherratt. If that happens, and you're running with Sammy Niku in the lineup instead, your depth is even more thin than it is on the left side. If Josh Morrissey goes down with injury, then what? There's no option right now for the Winnipeg Jets, and I think if you were to get rid of either Sherratt or Morrow, if you lost them through waivers, your depth is even more thin than it is right now. And the Jets can't afford to lose one of those guys. I am 100% with you there. You cannot lose Sherratt or Morrow. Not because they're so great, but because the depth is so poor that losing one of those guys really hurts your options on that left side. I would still like to see Nuku given a more of a legitimate chance at the NHL level. I think he's proving it right now with the Manitoba Moose, and hopefully he can keep doing that. Uh, but you put it... See, I don't think he's a really good match for Bufflin and Myers because Bufflin is a guy who likes to pinch up and play aggressive. Niku's also a guy who has offensive mind. And so putting those guys together, nobody's back, and you're going to get two on O's on Hellebuck. See, Obviously I, an exaggeration. I, I kind of agree with that in a sense. I also disagree with that in a sense because uh, Toby Enstrom is actually a very similar player to Sammy Niku or at, was at one time. If you remember Enstrom uh, many years ago, he could actually score. And that's not the Enstrom we saw in the last couple seasons, but Niku and Enstrom, both smaller guys, both are, are renowned for their skating ability, moving the puck up the ice from their own end, great outlet passes, that sort of thing. Enstrom, not not a offensive-type defenseman in his later years, but better defensive defenseman, maybe that pairing could work with Dustin Bufflin. Uh, Potentially. Maybe. It's hard to know until you try it. And I think that's the problem is the Winnipeg Jets don't want to try it because we're already into the season. Can the Jets really afford to to lose a couple games or or have their defense continue to play bad just trying to change things up? Well, see, the thing is they're winning games. And so even though they have had some defensive issues, even though their offense hasn't looked as amazing as it did last year, they're still winning games. And that's really what it's all about. Right now, if they were in the... Uh, Pacific Division, they would be tied for first, but right now they are tied for fourth. Uh, if don't quote, but I'm pretty sure they're tied for fourth in the Central Division. Uh, Kyle would correct me if I was wrong there. So uh, those are the numbers right now for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, one last thing we wanted to look on at on today's show is the forward lines uh, and how they look uh, heading into these next couple of games in Finland. Uh, they're going to be looking a little bit different from what we've seen this season. With the offensive struggles so far, the Winnipeg Jets are just searching for anything to get themselves going. Uh, Specifically looking at Patrick Laine, he has now made an appearance on literally every single line for the Winnipeg Jets. He's now practicing on the third line, you could say, along with Tanev and Lowry. What do you make of all these switches for, we, we call him Magic Bullet Maurice over there with his line blender? See, I think it's all semantics, what you say with uh, what number you give each line. The second, the, when you look at the minutes, 
The number one center is Mark Shifley, of course. Everybody knows that. But when you've looked at minutes, for a lot of games, the number two center is actually Adam Lowry because he's used in that defensive role with Kopp and Tanev. And they get the best matchups, or not the best matchups, they play against the best competition. They're playing against top-notch opponents, trying to shut them down, and so they're getting a lot of ice time. That means there's less ice time for the what you could then consider the third line of what has been little Line A and Ehlers to start the season. And then there's even less time for the fourth line, just the way it's worked this year. They haven't really been trusted a lot, which has been some combination of Perot, Roslevic, and Lemieux. But now when you look at the line rushes of what's been going on in Finland, we get some pretty interesting combinations. And just looking specifically at Line A and trying to get his goal scoring going, I was hearing some numbers that his start this year very comparable to last year, and he had over 40 goals. So I don't think there's anything to be concerned about, especially going to Finland. Maybe a little bit of home cooking will help him out. But he's going to be playing this next game, from what it looks like in practice, with Lowry and Tanev. Now, like we said, and I said just a moment ago, and you kind of alluded to, I consider that the second line, Lowry and Tanev, because of the amount of minutes they've been playing. A lot of people consider the magic combination Lowry and Kopp, and Tanev kind of the passenger a little bit on that line, in a sense, even though he does skate hard and works hard. What do you think of Line A playing with Lowry and Tanev? I kind of just talked to you in a circle a little bit, but I kind of illustrated the situation. Your thoughts on those three? Well, regardless of what you number the lines, like you said, Line A has now made a stop on every line, whether it be first, second, third, or fourth, however you want to label them. He has been with all of them as of tomorrow when they play this game. Uh, so playing with Lowry and Tanev, it's a unique situation for Line A uh, because Lowry and Tanev are different types of players than what he's played with in the past. Uh, especially a guy like Nikolai Ehlers uh, uses his speed a lot, lots of rushes up the ice, uh, a lot of carrying the puck into the zone. Uh, he had a stint with Shifley and Wheeler, same thing, a lot of speed and skill. Uh, Tanev has a lot of speed, but less skill than those guys. <laughs> he, he just has less than Wheeler, than Ehlers, those types of guys. And Adam Lowry is not the same player as Little or, or Shifley, a different type of player as well. Those guys get in on the forecheck hard. They dominate the puck possession. Uh, whether you're talking Corsi or time of possession, uh, doesn't matter because they dominate them both because they're in the opposing end. They work hard along the boards. They get in on the forecheck. They create turnovers and they work off the cycle. And, and this is a unique instance for Line, who's... Uh, historically in his career, been working with guys who who don't work on the cycle as much, who are working more of like in the offensive zone, passing the puck around, using their feet uh, compared to the grinding style. So I think it might serve him well. He's a big guy. He's a strong physical player. I think it might serve Line A well playing that type of style with these with these types of guys. Well, I would argue he's not a physical player. He's a big physical specimen. Uh, he doesn't really play that aggressive. Uh, nobody's ever said, "Oh man, Patrick Line, he's aggressive." That is not really in the vocabulary when you're talking about him as a player. But when you have those other two guys on the line, I think in his own zone, it might help. He's not great at breakouts and he's not getting the puck out, but Lowry and Tanev can hopefully help him help him in that area. Just my concern is, in the offensive zone, are they going to be able to get him the puck? They can get the puck back. Can they get it to him in an area that's dangerous? I guess we'll wait and see. And he's got a quick shot. If he can get it off quickly, maybe a guy like Lowry and Tanev crashing to the net can help knock some of those rebounds in that Line would create. Well, I don't know if this is going to be a huge sensation. I don't think this is going to stick long term, but 
I guess we could be surprised. Well, well, you never know. And, I, and we were talking about this before the podcast uh, that with Line A's shot, if he is creating rebounds, tough for goalies to smother those rebounds. Just the nature of a shot. It's so quick. You're not covering those rebounds. You're not really aiming them as a goalie. A lot of times they're available for the taking. A guy like Lowry and a guy like Tanev are great at, at crashing the net, can bang in those rebounds. And we said maybe Line A ends up with more assists than goals playing with these guys, just the way the play works out. Uh, but regardless, it's going to be an interesting look for line A. Uh, the thing I'm looking for is some of these other lines as well. New look lines all across the board for the Winnipeg Jets. It's going to be unique uh, in the sense that Paul Maurice has changed the lines this year, but he's always left at least one intact. Uh, usually the TLC line has been intact. Usually Connor's with Shifley and Wheeler, and he, leave, and he moves the rest around. This time we're getting all four lines completely changed up. Yeah, I like that. We talked about this a couple podcasts ago, and it's been a couple weeks since we did our last show. So we've talked extensively about Lane Tanev, Lowry. Uh, do you want to talk about the top line now, Shifley Wheeler? I have Ehlers uh, in fantasy hockey, so I am very excited to see him playing with Shifley and Wheeler. Really want Ehlers to get going. He finally scored a goal the other day. There was a goalless drought extended back into last season. Uh, so nice to see him kind of finally get that monkey off his back. You can see him throw it metaphorically after he scored the goal. I'm excited to see him on that top line with lots of speed. He has scored over 30 goals. He had, I think he had over 30 last year, didn't he? And so now this year playing on the top line, uh, I like that unit. I like to see him getting a little bit more chances opposed to Connor in that spot. Yeah, I I agree. I think it maybe helps uh, Wheeler as well to get Wheeler going a little bit. Wheeler actually has good point totals. But everybody kind of knows there's something up with him. He, he's not playing like he normally does. Uh, Kyle Connors an absolutely phenomenal finisher. He gets to an area, he puts the puck in the net, but he doesn't do much else. He, he's a little bit one-dimensional in that sense. Ehlers adds the speed. He adds the, the puck-carrying ability. He, adds, he has a little bit more a well-rounded offensive game compared to Kyle Connor, and maybe that's what Wheeler needs to kind of get going a little bit. Well, Kyle Connor does have the speed, and now he's playing with Little and Perot. Um... I'm interested to see how this combination is going to work. Little and Perot have had some success together uh, in the past, and Perot's always talked about as a possession guy and gets in on the forecheck hard, and I hope that he meshes well with Connor and Little because I think this could be a really dynamic second, third line, depending on, again, it's all semantics, what you want to call it. Uh, And then I think the fourth line, we just quickly want to touch on the last one, uh, Andrew Kopp, my guy, I've got his jersey on as we speak. Um, I just got it back, actually, was changed I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. I had an Evander Kane jersey. Um, we I got this when they first came back to Winnipeg. And now, who do you have on your jersey? You have Andrew. Ladd. I have Andrew Ladd on my jersey. So you have a player who's not with the team, but he didn't kind of he didn't leave in the same way that Evander Kane did. When the Jets came back, I said to myself, "I want a Jets jersey. It's for when I go to games, just watching, etc. I love jerseys. But who do I get? And if you have to think back." I wanted somebody who is going to be on the team for a while, who is going to be skilled, who is going to be recognizable, who is going to be on the team for a long time. I liked the way Evander Kane played. He was physical. He was scoring goals. You take lots of shots. And this is when, like, the first season they came back. And I thought, yep, Shifley, he was still unknown. He had been sent back to junior. I was like, I don't know. I didn't really, wasn't a huge fan of Little. Uh, what didn't mind Bufflin, but this was still back when he was switching back and forth between defense, offense. I wasn't really a fan of Pavlik, didn't want to go with a goalie. I didn't know who to pick, so I went with Kane. I thought, this is a sure bet. He's young, going to be with them a long time. Yeah. Didn't work so, out for you. Yeah, no, we all know how that worked out. So the last couple of years, I've had this 
Evander Kane jersey. I still wore it. And, and, and you still see plenty of them at games. Yeah, you still see them at games. But I felt just kind of weird. I was like, here's a guy who is like not a team player and really wasn't like, I don't like those kind of players. I'm a traditional hockey fan in the like the rough and tumble, the hard working. Hashtag grit. And here I had an Evander Kane jersey. And after learning more about the player, I'm just like, oh man, this is not good. So eventually we took the bar- name bar off, took us couple minutes and so then uh river city sports a shout out to them they're not paying us uh feel free to pay us and we can talk about you guys all the time but uh hooked me up uh got the name bar sewn on it looks pretty good got comp on the back now because it was way more of a pain changing the numbers so i was just like i was really hoping that somebody really skilled would come in with number nine uh i was hoping that rozovic would all of a sudden get nine or something like that uh not the case not the case. But I'll take Kopp. Andrew Kopp's not bad. And for myself, I got Andrew Ladd on my jersey. Uh, it was actually funny story. He uh, he got traded. We know that. Um, after he got traded, a, a few stores were clearing out his jerseys at extremely low prices. I got a steal of a deal. I believe I paid less than fifty dollars uh, for. I think your wife did actually. Yeah, she she picked it up for me. Uh, less great than, at finding deals. Less than fifty dollars. Um, for the Andrew Ladd jersey. So great jersey. I uh, thought about switching it to Sean Mathias. That's <laughs> not the best decision See, as well. See, I'm happy with Cop because I do like Cop as a player. And you know he's going to be on the team. And I know he's going to be on the team for a little while. Sean Mathias, not so much. Um, kind of a funny story there. But. So are you waiting for the next number 16? Well, I, I might wait for the next number 16. We'll see who it is. Um, not, I don't know who it would be in the future, but we'll wait and see. Um, so regardless, we're talking about that last line. Andrew Cop centering that last line. That's how we got to all this. I like that move. Jack Roslevic has not been good as an NHL center. He's been very effective as an NHL winger, not so much at the center ice position. Andrew Kopp came into the NHL playing center. Uh, his first season played, I believe, his 70-some games at the center position before getting sent back to the Moose the next year and yada yada. He came back up, but then he came up as a winger. So he, he had history as a center in the NHL before. I think it's going to be great for that line. Cop is a, a defensively sound player. You know what you're going to get from him. I think it's good for that fourth line to get kind of grounded in that defensive role first because they haven't looked great in their own zone um, when they've been on the ice. And I think that's one of the reasons why they're getting less ice time than some of the other units. It just doesn't strike me as that uh, offensively successful. All right, I don't have as much hope for the fourth line as I would have had over the last couple of seasons. It's still not a plotting, grinding line. That's definitely not what this is. I hope that they can get more minutes because if you want to have a balanced, successful team, like we saw last year with the Jets, you need to have more balance. And with as far as ice time and minutes get, they're going to be getting, I don't know if this is going to be the best combination to get lots of ice time, unless all of a sudden Rozovic and Lemieux start stepping up and Cop just happens to be a miracle worker between them. I'm hoping that he plays great between the two of them, uh, just for my jersey's sake. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'm probably the most excited for some afternoon games. I know a lot of uh, people work during the day. I'm on the morning show uh, in Portage, so I'm often my day is often done by 1.30, 2 o'clock. So I'll be able to, thankfully, catch most of the games uh, in, or most of the games in Finland. Uh, not the case. I take it you're going to try and turn it yeah, on. No, not the case for me. Uh, I know there's lots of fans at my work. Uh, maybe we can get it up on a TV, up and running, but obviously not going to be paying attention to the game. Uh, work does come first, right, unfortunately. Right, we'll right, see right. what happens. If your bo- his boss is probably listening um, to the show. The last thing I want to mention about the ice time, I always find this interesting. There is only so much ice time to go around. And, and I'm sure you've been on a sports 60 team minutes. where you think you should get more or you think other guys should get more or other guys should get less. Every game, there's only 60 minutes, no matter what you do. No matter how you slice it, there's 60 minutes. And my thought here is if you have the Shifley line playing roughly 20 minutes, 
because they're the best, you now have 40 minutes to divide up among three lines. Yep. That means about 13 minutes per line. Yeah. So the top line plays 20, the rest play 13.33 to make it even, right? Yeah. And it is what it is. So now do you want to have your second line playing more than 13 minutes? Yeah, you probably, probably. do. You probably want to crank that up by, let's say crank it up by... Five. 18? No, I think you should crank it up by three minutes. Okay, so, so, now, you, so now you have 20 minutes for your 20 top minutes, line. 16, 16 minutes, for your second line. 13 for the third line, and then 10 for the fourth. And then 10 for the fourth line. Yeah. So that means your fourth line is getting 10 minutes a game, which isn't bad. Not bad. So that means, yeah, 20 minutes, 18, 16, 13, or 16, 13, 10. However you divide it up, either way, there's going to be people complaining. You, you'll hear guys say the second line needs more. Maybe your top two lines get 20, and then how do you divide up the last 20? 10 and 10. 10, and 10. No, that doesn't quite work. Well, how do you do it? Yeah, and exactly. And that's why it's tough. It's a tough thing. We don't have Connor McDavid playing 30 minutes a night uh, out there in Edmonton. You just have to divvy it up however you do it on a game-by-game basis. And again, situations come into play. And again, Maurice isn't there with like hitting the B button, getting the guys off the ice, changing the lines like you would if you're playing NHL. And And you you run into power play time, you run into penalty kill time, and all that sort of thing. I don't know if there's enough minutes to go around, you could say, that there's always going to be somebody kind of left over. Fair enough. All right. Well, that does it for today's show. If there's anything you want us to talk about, hit us up at Gents and Podcast. Uh, I haven't been spending as much time on Twitter lately, but we will get back to you if you do send us a message or send us something you want to talk about. That does it for today's show, and we look forward to the games going on in Finland. Find all of the Jets Nation podcasts at JetsNation.ca.